Welcome to the Virtual Real Estate Investing Podcast. This is John Plumstead doing a quick solo episode today. I'm going to talk about extra space storage. So we are a small-time real estate private equity company, meaning we're real estate investors. Okay, We try to buy storage. So at scale, as big as you can get, what do those companies look like? And those companies look like REITs, real estate investment trusts. Okay. Um, and there's four big REITs that deal in storage um, in our country. And those are extra space storage, public storage, life storage, and cube smart. Okay. And what I'm trying to do as part of my education <clears throat> in storage is to make sure I'm an expert in those four companies, because those four companies are the big players in our space. So if I can be experts in those companies, that means I'm closer to being expert in the storage space. And hopefully I can help our company make good decisions. So it's today and yesterday, I spent better part of, you know, a day and a half going through uh, extra spacage, spaces, quarterly report. Okay. And I'm going to try to do this for each of the uh, for REITs, but here are a few takeaways from the extra space storage annual report that I found interesting and hopefully you were will too. Okay, the first thing is at the start of the year, they made assumptions for revenue, for growth, for occupancy. And what's interesting is the assumptions they have now are stronger than what they had at the beginning of the year. What does that mean? That means they made conservative assumptions at the beginning of the year, and they feel more confident about those assumptions today than they did January 1st. Okay, what does that mean? That means that in Extra Space's opinion, okay, their conservative estimates are, are you know, better. They, today is better than they assumed, right? I'm, I'm kind of tongue-tied for how to wrap that up, right? But it was interesting to me, we see so much doom and gloom and here's extra space saying, hey, we had conservativeness built into our numbers and now we're actually looking at the landscape for the next two quarters and we feel more bullish than we did before, okay? Next thing is I've done these analysis before and looked at expenses versus revenue. And generally it's been about 30%, but what I'm looking at now is... Uh, expenses closer to 45% um, at scale. Okay. So um, I'm. it'll be interesting as I look at all four REITs, if they're like that across the board, we are generally underwriting at 35% expenses and then hoping that we can be closer 25 to 30, but underwriting at 35%. And uh, it was interesting here to see them at 45%. Uh, next interesting point is looked at their LTV or their loan to value, like what is their debt levels? And their debt levels are uh, right around between 30 and 35%. Okay. So we're talking super, super low leverage, 30, 35% leverage, which is interesting. And then they also report their debt service coverage ratio. Usually most lenders want us to be at 1.25 debt service coverage ratio. So if our debt is 10 grand a month, they want to make sure we can bring in you know, twelve thousand five hundred a month, so we can cover that debt, and then we have some some wiggle room, right? Um, their debt service coverage ratio, we're looking at six seven six or seven x, right? So their debt service coverage ratio is 
is huge. They have very low leverage and then super low uh, rates on that uh, leverage, okay? Um, let's go to the next point here that I thought was interesting is uh, the world's getting more expensive, right? Uh, expenses are up across the board 9%, okay? So expenses have gone up 9%. But what have they done with their revenues? Their revenues have gone up 22%. So as expenses have gone up 9%, they've raised rates 22%. What does this mean? For the mom and pop owner out there, their expenses have probably gone up about 9% as well, maybe more, right? Have they increased the rates 9%? Or in the case of extra space, have they raised it 22%, right? Must must make sure we're raising rates. And in this inflationary environment with month-to-month leases, the good owners, the, the strong um, owners in storage are increasing rates aggressively to stay ahead of inflation, okay? Uh, next part, we'll look at some specific MSAs, okay? The most improved three MSAs. So which MSAs have gone up the most NOI, okay? So both uh, expenses and um, revenue. The three biggest increases for extra space have been Atlanta, Chicago, and Miami, okay? Some of you might be saying, hey, Atlanta, Miami makes sense, but what about Chicago? Why Chicago in there? What's interesting about Chicago is expenses in Chicago from 2021 to 2022 so far have actually gone down, okay? So prices, or I should say expenses, for extra space in the Chicago MSA have gone down, but the revenue has gone up significantly. Okay. So big, big bump in revenue and um, an actual improvement to their expenses help put them there. So then what three MSAs have improved the least, right? Because if you look at every MSA, every MSA is up across the board for extra space. Okay. They're all rocking and rolling, but which three have gone up the least and the three that have gone up the least, um, NOI, meaning, you know, combination of revenue and expenses would be Sacramento, California, Cincinnati, Ohio, and then the uh, the uh, toughest MSA or the MSA with the smallest improvement is San Francisco. But San Francisco's NOI still increased 13% for them. So across the board, even in their worst MSA, uh, they're still up all over the place. Okay. Then what about occupancy? Occupancy has gone down. It's the one number through here that uh, has gone down. 2021 occupancy uh, average was 95.6. 2022 average occupancy is 94.8. So down about 1% from 90, 95% uh, to 94%. Okay. So across the board, a decrease in about 1% occupancy. Um, but NOI is still up across the board because um, they've done a great job of managing their rates and really, really driving revenue. Okay. Uh, interesting thing. They have 10 facilities slated to open in 2023. So 10 facilities in 2023, seven of those are in Florida. Okay. Here's the list real quick. Osprey, Florida, Sebring, Florida, Gainesville, Florida, Tallahassee, Florida, uh, Flagler beach, not sure if I'm saying that right, but Flagler Beach, Florida, Vero Beach, Florida, Zephyr Hills, Florida. And then the three outside of Florida are Bartlett, Illinois, Tucson, Arizona, and Minneapolis, Minnesota. So interesting. If you follow me on Twitter, you know I'm a long Tampa, long Florida guy. Uh, and you have some people that are so freaked out about climate change that they're like, I would never buy in Florida. In my opinion, 
uh, and I look at the uh, the estimates by scientists, if you look at the worst case scenario over the next 50 years, the vast majority of Florida is still going to be absolutely fine. Uh, and looks like extra space is definitely long on Florida um, as well. Uh, and then interesting, if I look at all of the facilities that they purchased in 2022 or developed in 2022, I can't, I can't figure out which is which. So, you know, whether they bought them or they developed them, it's not completely clear here, but what it looks like is out of all the new projects they have, um, and it, it's a ton, right? Looks like there, let me make sure I don't screw this up as I'm looking at it. Um, Yeah, I want to, I can't find the exact reference here, but the number I wrote down, I'm pretty sure it's accurate. If you look at all the projects they did in 2022, the blended price per square foot is $199 per square foot. Okay. So I think that would be fair to say um, that class A facilities are $199 a square foot on average across the United States, right? So if we look at here in Florida, it's really hard to buy any facility under $100 a square foot. You know, in, in uh, the stuff we're looking at, we're really closely getting to $100 a square foot, even in tertiary markets, right? Uh, but if you're looking at something that is not a class A facility for close to $200 a square foot, I think you're gonna have to question it and say, hey, is am I paying too much here? Because their blended cost has been... An, uh, $199 per square foot. Uh, and I, again, I can't find the reference right in front of me as I'm looking at everything else I, I read out of the annual report, but I wrote that down. I'm pretty sure, uh, that's what it was. $199 a square foot. Okay. Um, they've got a, today's Wednesday, August 3rd. They've got a conference call at one that I'm going to listen in to as well to see, uh, see what they have to say. Um, and then I'm going to try to do the same for public storage, life storage, and CubeSmart. If you've ever dove into annual reports or uh, quarterly earnings, like it's, I think I'm a pretty smart person, but they they can be tricky to understand. I've gotten a couple finance books that uh, have helped me understand these, but I think it's really easy to get bogged down in, in this. This quarterly report was 34 pages, right? So it was a lot of information, but hopefully what I pulled out can be beneficial to you. Like I said, I'm going to try to hit the other ones um, and uh, try to pull out what's important as well. I think what will really be interesting is I'm a big believer in trying to learn as much as you can, right? So I hope as I as I record this, if I were to look back at this a year from now, I'm like, oh my gosh, I didn't know anything about these quarterly reports or, or the storage industry. And it's not that I don't know much now, but I hope my growth is is that rapid that a year from now, I'm able to dive into these um, with great detail, pull out everything that's important, everything that'll help me better be a better investor and a better business owner. But uh, hey, thanks for listening. Um, make sure you go to graylineinvestments.com if you want to get on our email list. Thanks and take care.